One of the staples of the world's diet, not just American's diet, but the world's diet is bread. We love bread. And whether it's a tortilla, uh, a baguette, uh, whether it is pumpernickel or sourdough, uh, whether it is French, uh, a French baguette or uh, Italian bread or uh, naan in India or an Olive Garden breadstick. Uh, I mean, you could go for one of them right now. That's what I'm talking about. That's some good stuff right there. That's good eats. I don't care who you are. Uh, but uh, we love bread. I mean, bread is a big deal. We, and uh, when I worked at the Outback Steakhouse, okay, uh, we would... Um, uh, have people request extra loaves of bread. How many of you have had the bread at Outback, that, the brown loaves of white, that honey wheat bread? They don't bake it fresh, by the way. They don't. No, it doesn't. It's frozen. It comes in frozen from a bakery in Chicago, and they heat it up. And I'm telling secrets, right? I'm getting, I'm gonna get, I, I told the first service, like, some Australian guy's going to show up at my doorstep going, all right, mate, you're giving out the secrets of the bread now. What do you think you're doing? I'm going to hit you with this boomerang. Wallaby, wallaby, wallaby. Anyway, um, so... Uh, we love bread, and people would ask for extra loaves of bread, and they would like they would like stuff it in their coats, and they would put it, and they would purposely not eat their entire meal, so they had a to-go container to stick bread in because they love that bread. We would do it. What we do in the back is we would take it, we would slice it, we'd put a little bacon and cheese on there, <laughs> put that in the oven, warm that up. Oh boy! Anybody just want to go to lunch right now and just skip the rest of the sermon? Let's let's go. Okay, so anyway, Sean, talk quickly. Okay, so we love bread, and we love all kinds of bread, and we do all kinds of things to it. We we toast it, we French toast it, we um, dip it, we butter it, we um, uh, do all kinds of stuff to bread. Because we, I mean, think of the number of sandwich places that are within five miles of our church building. I mean, you've got Jimmy John's, you've got uh, Subway, uh, Jersey Mike's, Penn Station. Um, uh, there are all kinds of just, you know, firehouse subs, and now you do want to leave. Um, again, I apologize. Um, but uh, we love bread. In fact, uh, here, I, I tell you what, um, Xavier and Alex, come here. Uh, I want you guys to do me a favor, and I want you to make sure every row gets one of these, okay? Gets a little. And I have bread for you. Uh, this is bread that I, I did not bake, but this is bread I bought at Meyer uh, yesterday and uh, sliced it up for you. And so make sure every row gets a little baggie of bread and just kind of take a piece of bread and pass it down the aisle. Um, and uh, don't think about uh, the people next to you putting their hands in that bag. Uh, so, uh, ew, why would you do that to us? But uh, take a piece of bread and, you know, just kind of pop it in your mouth a little bit. Examine it maybe a little bit if you want. Uh, it's just uh, white bread, white Italian bread. Uh, make sure everybody gets some. And, uh, it, it, you know, bread is very simple. Uh, it is made of simple ingredients. It's, it's water, it's flour, it's oil, uh, and, uh, and yeast. And that's about it. I mean, it's just, it's real, real simple. And this is pretty tasty. It's not too bad. Did everybody get some? Everybody passing around? Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just toss that right over there. And I uh, want to make sure everybody gets some bread. So uh, bread is, is one of them universal things that, uh, you know, we all know about. And uh, thanks for collecting them, too. Uh, so, you know, bread is, is found in Scripture as well. We see bread uh, throughout Scripture. Uh, Jesus in John 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He is spiritual nourishment. Jesus is our spiritual bread in our lives. 
in, in, in the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus was tempted. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was tempted by the devil. And uh, the devil tempted him to turn stones into bread. And this is what Jesus said. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So he says that, you know, bread is not just physical, uh, the that we do not live on physical bread alone, but rather we live on the daily bread of God's word. Um, you think about other places in the Bible that talks about bread. In the children of Israel, when they were escaping from Egypt, in the Passover, they were told to bake bread without yeast, unleavened bread that would, would, wouldn't have to rise, and it would cook quickly, and they could get out of town uh, when they had to leave from Egypt. And so uh, that became part of the Passover meal was, uh, Passover meal was unleavened bread. And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, what does the Bible say? He took bread and he broke it and said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Uh, another uh, instance in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, it says that the, the church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They broke bread together. They came together and they, they not only did the Lord's Supper, but they would have a meal every week, uh, a fellowship love meal, where they would all get together and they would share a meal and they would break bread together. So bread is one of those things that is, you know, kind of everywhere and throughout Scripture as well. And in in scripture, we see that bread, especially in the passage we're looking at today, bread is a metaphor for needs. It is a metaphor for our needs, specifically for our physical needs. And we all have physical needs, uh, needs like food, shelter, clothing, right? And we all have these physical needs, and uh, we worry about those things. We have a lot of, how many of you worry about a lot of stuff? Never, yeah, I mean, everybody at some point in their lives, and maybe even right now, we worry about the, the, the physical needs that we have. We'll worry about food. How am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to feed my family? Because I'm worried about that. Or we'll worry about shelter. How am I going to pay my rent this month? How am I going to pay my mortgage this month? How am I going to keep the lights on? How am I going to pay NIPSCO this month? How am I going to pay the water bill this month? And we worry about our shelter. Oh, we'll worry about our clothing. How am I going to keep these kids clothed when they keep growing all the time? My kid projects to be, I kid you not, somewhere between 6'6 six, six and 6'8. Six, how am I going to keep this kid? How do I buy size 79 jeans? I mean, I, I don't, how do I buy size 36 shoes? Where do I even get these things? It's true. So how am I going to keep my kids in clothing? How am I going to afford my rent, my mortgage? How am I going to afford to put food on the table? We worry about these things that keep us up at night. As we worry about our daily needs, we worry about how God is going to provide for our needs. And really, that's what it comes down to, is the difference, the opposite of worry is trust. And it is trusting God to provide for our needs. And that's not easy to do. I'm not going to stand here and tell you, oh yeah, just let it go. It's okay. It's, all, it's easy. It's easy. Not worrying is easy. Worrying comes naturally, it seems. Does it not? Worry is something that we all deal with uh, in one way or another, time and time again, day in, day out. We worry about things. Keeps us up at night. How am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? Well, one of the things that we read about in the Sermon on the Mount, in the passage that we're studying the Lord's Prayer, is that one of the things we know is that God knows what we need. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Your Father 
knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. My friends, God knows what you need. He knows what I need. My needs of food, shelter, and clothing and, and other needs that I have, God knows my needs. And I can tell you this, that time and time again, God has come through for me in my times of need. God has provided for me and my family in our times of need, time and time again. God is a provider. He is our Father who knows our needs, and He wants to provide for them. I believe that. And the reason I believe that is because of what the Bible tells us. It tells us that God knows what we need even before we ask Him. One of the interesting things about the passage that we're studying, we're, we, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer on Sunday mornings. And, and really, the Lord's Prayer is not a formulaic prayer that we should necessarily pray, that we should pray those words, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's more of a, a model prayer, an example prayer, that the Lord's Prayer is a prayer, well, one commentator said it's more of a prayer for the disciples than it is for the Lord. It was a prayer that Jesus was teaching principles about prayer to his disciples. And so we've been looking at these different principles of prayer that come out of the Lord's Prayer. One of the principles is that we uh, should pray. Uh, the very first passage, the very first part of the Lord's Prayer is, is not actually the prayer itself, but it is Jesus' teaching on prayer that we should be people of prayer. Prayer is just communication between us and God. That's all it is. And when you have a relationship with God, through, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, when you have this relationship with God, God wants to hear from you. He wants you to pray. He wants to hear from His children. And we need to be people of prayer. And so the first thing we talked about was actually praying and, and being in the habit of routine and regular communication with our Heavenly Father. The next week we talked about acknowledging God and adoring God, and, uh, expressing our adoration of God when we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. That we are acknowledging God as our Father and that He is a loving Father who cares for us. We acknowledge Him as our Father, and we praise His name. That's one of the things we do in prayer. We acknowledge God, that He is the source of our blessings. He is the source of our life. He is our Heavenly Father. And so we pray to Him, and we, uh, we adore Him. We express our, our admiration of Him, our love for Him. And then uh, we talked about how uh, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about that last week. And it, when we do that, we're saying, Father, I submit to your will. I submit to your rule and reign in my life. I surrender to Jesus. And everything I have, I surrender to you. Like the old hymn says, I surrender all. And when I say your kingdom come, your will be done, I want your kingdom, your rule and your reign to come on earth as it is in heaven. For God rules and reigns in heaven right now. And he rules and reigns over the entire universe. And he rules and reigns in our lives. And we surrender and submit to his leadership and to his rule and reign every day. Well, today we're going to look at six simple words. Six simple words. If you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Or if you've got your smartphone or tablet and you want to look on your favorite Bible app, you can look it up on Matthew 6, 11, maybe version or Bible Gateway app. Or if you've got the 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 Bible in the chair in front of you, it's on page 685. 
And I want you to hold it because we're going to read our six simple words today, but then we're also going to read a little bit further down in just a few moments. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 says, Give us today our daily bread. Say that with me. Give us today our daily bread. Now, this is very interesting to me, this passage here, this give us today our daily bread. Uh, There's three different aspects of this simple six-word prayer that I want to highlight for just a few moments. Uh, The first is, uh, it's an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. When we come to God and we say, give us today our daily bread, it implies humility. That I cannot provide for myself, but rather I need God, I need you to provide for me. As human beings, we don't like to ask for help, do we? How many times have you seen uh, a, a shorter individual at the grocery store climbing the shelves to get to the thing on the top shelf? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever done that? I am putting my life in danger by climbing up on 60-year-old grocery store shelves put together by someone making less than minimum wage, and I'm going to fall off and crack my head open because I don't want to ask for help. I, I, I will do that. To, I, I, I try not to embarrass people, but, you know, I'm, I'm almost six feet tall, and I'll see somebody going to, may I help you? Yes, please. And, you know, but I have to ask the person, do you want help? Because the person is not asking if they want help. Ladies, how many times has your guy said, I don't need to ask for directions? Oh, that struck a nerve. Guys are like, I know where I'm going. I don't need to ask for help. I don't need to ask for directions. I know where I am. I am lost. Right, yeah. What guy has ever said that in his life? I know right where I'm going. I know where, I'm just taking the scenic route. Uh Uh-huh, sure, okay, all right. How many times has your guy actually asked for directions? Once, maybe, maybe twice? No, no. We don't like to ask for help. And so we think to ourselves, uh, I can't ask God for help. I can't ask God. I cannot say, give us today our daily bread. I got to do this myself. I got to pick myself up by my bootstraps. I got to get out there and I got to make it happen. I got to work harder. I got to work more hours. I got to work a second job. I got to work a third job. I got to make this happen myself. When in reality, we should be turning to God and saying, God, I need you to make this happen for me. I I need your help. I need your help. I need you to provide for my family. That doesn't give you the excuse to sit back and do nothing. No, go to work, get a job, work. But you don't have to make it happen on your own. Trust God to provide. And it starts by asking in humility. And then what does he say? He says, give us today our daily bread. Today. It's not about give me tomorrow's bread today. Give me next week's bread today. Give me my bread today. Help me to trust you today for today's bread. Help me trust you for today's needs. You know, it's one thing to go out and, 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 and buy a couple, you know, what was it, $1.7 billion? Go out and buy a couple. That, that's tomorrow's bread, by the way. That's tomorrow and on into infinity's bread, by the way. That's not trusting God for daily bread. But what do we do? We'll go out and, and I'm not going to ask you if you bought a ticket. I'm not going to tell you if I bought a ticket or not, um, or several. Uh, 
It, it's one thing to go out, and, and what do we do? We'll bargain with God. God, God, if you just, you know, just let me win, you know, even just, you know, even just the Powerball, I don't care. You know, if you just let me win, I, I promise I'll give five, I mean, 10% to the church. I'll give it to the homeless. I'll give it to these people. I'll give it to those people. Just let me win. You wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't, I'd know what I'd do with it. <laughs> I'd blow through it like that. Sean, you can never spend $500 million. Trust me. Try me. Give me that opportunity. I'd love it. We've got to trust God today for today's bread. And that's the third principle, is that we pray for daily bread. We pray for today's bread. The bread is the needs that we have. We pray about our needs, not our wants. That's the Powerball. We pray for our needs. God, what do I need? Make me aware of my need, of what I really, really need. Because God knows what we need. We don't know what we need. We know what we want. We want that Powerball. We want that vacation home. We want that Ferrari in the driveway. We want, we want, we want. But what do we really need? The Bible tells us God knows what we need. We can ask him, Lord, show me what I need. Help me to be content with what I need. Help me to be satisfied with what I need and not everything that I want. Because we can look at food, shelter, and clothing, and we can have what we need. You know, I look at my pantry, and I have plenty in my pantry of what I need. So why do I need to go to McDonald's? Nobody needs to go to McDonald's. But why do I feel the need to go out when I have a, a house full of food? Why do I feel the need to go out and buy more clothing when I have a, a closet full of clothing and drawers full of clothing and clothing everywhere? It's ridiculous. Why do I feel the need to go out and get more? Or shelter, why do I feel the need to, why do we feel the need to have a, I gotta have a vacation home. I, I gotta have two vacation homes. That's not a need. There's a difference between what we want and what we need. We need to ask God to show us what is it that I need. And God will do that because he knows what you need even before you ask him. So when it comes to our needs, we already know one of the things that we know that God knows that we need is salvation and forgiveness. And he has given us that greatest gift. If God is able to give us the gift of salvation, if he is able to fulfill our greatest spiritual need of a Savior by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and when we put our faith and trust in him, we believe in him, repent from our sins, confess our faith and are baptized, then our greatest need is taken care of by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Our sins are washed away. We are forgiven and given the promise of eternal life. God is able to meet not just that spiritual need, he is able to meet all of our needs. It is a matter of trusting him to provide. We sing a song on Thursday nights at Kids for Christ. And it's based on Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I want to show you the first verse that it's based on. It's Philippians 4, 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We'll say to ourselves, God's got bigger things to worry about. Peace in the Middle East, uh, the Taliban, uh, Al-Qaeda, ISIS. God's got bigger things to worry about than he does to worry about me. Nothing can be further from the truth. First of all, that limits God's power and ability. 
And secondly, it limits God's care. See, when we doubt God, we doubt Him in two ways. We doubt His power. We doubt His ability to provide for our needs. Oh, God's got bigger things to worry about. He's not big enough to handle my needs. That's not true. And then we doubt His love. So we'll doubt His power, and then we'll doubt His love. And we'll say, no, God doesn't really care about me. He's more concerned with others, or He's more concerned with other situations. No, my friends, God loves you, and He cares for you, and He cares about your needs. He really does. And He doesn't want you to spend one more minute worrying about your needs. Look at this. Look a little bit further down in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. This is Jesus talking. It's in the red letters, so you know it's true. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We are to trust God for our daily bread. And trust is the opposite of worry. Trust is saying, Lord, I know that you know what I need, and I know that you will provide for my needs. Help me to trust you more for my daily bread. In Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9, it talks about the difference between wants and needs. And this is what Agur said. Agur, A-G-U-R, he was the guy who compiled this uh, uh, part of Proverbs in chapter 30. And he said, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me my daily bread. Give me only my daily bread. Because otherwise I may have too much and say, I don't need you, God. I have everything that I could possibly want. Or I may become too poor and I may go out and steal and dishonor the name of God. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but only my daily bread. See, that's what we are to pray for. It's what Jesus said to pray for, that God will provide for today's needs today. It is thought that the Lord's Prayer, that this uh, prayer, of part of the Lord's Prayer, this give us today our daily bread, was to be prayed in the morning. Give me my needs today for today. My daily bread today. Now, I told you that the song we sing at Kids for Christ has two verses, verses uh, Philippians 4, 6 and Philippians 4, 7. This is what Philippians 4, 7 says. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, when we put our trust in God, 
when we put our faith in Him, we ask Him to provide, He replaces worry with peace. He replaces anxiety with peace. He replaces chaos and confusion with peace. He replaces fear with peace. When we present our requests to God, the one who knows our needs, he replaces worry with peace. And it doesn't make sense, does it? That's why it says it is a peace that surpasses our understanding. It is a peace that goes beyond our comprehension. Our worlds will be falling apart. We have no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea how we're going to make ends meet. We have no idea what's, what God is going to do or how God is going to come through. But when we say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're going to do this, and I trust you. He takes that worry and that fear and that sleepless night, and he replaces it with his peace. And that is what we need. I want to do something, just a little exercise with you at this time. And uh, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm gonna, you can pray it out loud if you want, or you can pray it quietly uh, to yourself in your heart. And I just want you to pray this prayer with me um, uh, as a way of kind of, we're going to turn over our needs to God. So I want you to take a minute and I want you to think about your greatest need. What is your greatest need right now what is that need that you have uh maybe turn to your if you if you have your spouse your boyfriend girlfriend sitting next to you maybe turn to them and just talk about it for just a second just say you know what i think our greatest need is is this or you can talk you know talk to yourself you know you'll listen at least and um what is your greatest need right now i want you to think about that think about what is your greatest need like i said it may be a food a shelter clothing it may be companionship it may be a relationship it may be healing what is your greatest need right now i want you to close your eyes and bow your head and say this prayer with me father in heaven i need you first and foremost i have a need that is filling me with fear worry and anxiety i need you to provide for my daily needs. I lay this need down at your feet and I trust you to provide. Help me to leave this need and this burden here. Help me not to worry about it anymore. Help me to trust you to provide. I love you, Lord. And I thank you for loving me. And I thank you for providing for me. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. My prayer is that that'll be a prayer that sticks with you and that you will uh, mean what you just said and this need that you have, this, this pressing need that is keeping you awake at night, this pressing need that is weighing heavy on you, that you will leave it here. Leave it at the feet of Jesus. Say, God, I need you to provide, and I trust you to provide. We're going to sing our song of invitation. We're going to stand together and sing our song of invitation. It's, I love you, Lord. And we just prayed that. We prayed those words, I love you, Lord. And we're going to lift our voices in song as we sing that we love him. And he loves us. And that's one of the greatest things to know. One of the greatest needs we have is, is God's love in our lives and how he provides for that need day in and day out. So my prayer for you today
is that you will lift up your, your requests. You will present your requests to God for your daily bread. And that he will help you understand the difference between needs and wants. So that you will know that he knows what you need. And he will give you the requests and the desires of your heart. I pray that uh, you would know that peace that passes understanding. And that you would know that peace in your heart.